from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT, hanging out with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And one of my favorite things to do, not just during the season, but all throughout the season. What are you, crazy? The football season is never over. Fantasy season is always on. And a guy who believes this because it's true with me is Mike Sofka, Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. We don't take days off. We don't take weeks off. We are not Le'Veon Bell. Okay, we're James Conner. We're the bell cow, not Le'Veon Bell. So we are here. We're happy to be here with you. Fantasy football power hour. And undoubtedly, we usually go past the power hour to give you all the information you need. We cover every single game. We leave no stone unturned. And if you have a question, you become a member on MixLR.com backslash DT for free and chat with us in the live chat room right now and every, two, and every Thursday starting at 10 a.m. typically and going to at least 11 a.m. if not a little bit past that. I'm going to put a message up here on Facebook as well as on Twitter to let you know if you have any fantasy questions, you can throw them our way. But this is the time to ask your fantasy questions. Mike and I are covering Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and all the Sunday games all of week two. We are more than prepared for you and this fantasy season. So make sure that you're taking down these notes and taking our advice in the Fantasy Football Power Hour. Proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Pen and Trophy Center. Now, Mike, there's there's something that you and I haven't spoken about yet, but we need to talk about this kind of to start off the show because it could affect the Lions' ability to move the ball up and down the field, and it could affect the Lions being successful in and of itself, which would affect the fantasy guys on the team if this be the case. So I figured that it was only right and only fair to play something for you that I feel is is more than the right thing to play with the game that just happened here recently. There was something that was said by Darren Lee, and that was that the Jets knew all of the signals of the Lions because they didn't change them from last season. And so with that being said, I think it's only fair to bring back an oldie but goodie and hear what you think about this one. <laughs> What do you think about that? Allegedly, the Jets are saying, I saw the sign. I saw all the signs because they haven't changed from last season. Yeah, that's uh, – if, if I'm the head coach of the Detroit Lions, I'm walking down to uh, – if I'm Matt Patricia, I'm walking down to Jim Bob Cooter's office, and I'm saying, what have you been doing for nine months? <laughs> Everything's the same as last year? Are you kidding me? These players come and go from team to team. They hang out with each other. They play basketball. They go on vacations together, whether they're on the same team or not. You don't think they talk? You don't think they play Madden against each other online and talk crap over the little headsets? This is a different society. 
society. This is totally different. If you don't change it up, if you don't tweak that language, if you don't make it difficult for the other team, well, you know what? You deserve what you got, Detroit. You deserve what you got. And as far as the Jets, people saying that that's cheating, and some people, and I can almost go here, but I'm, I, you know, I'm a man of character, or, or I like to say I am, and I like to practice good character. You know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Well, I don't think it was cheating. I think if the other team is giving you the plays, <laughs> take them. Do what you wish with them and make them pay. Make them learn. Because some people have to be hit in the face with a shovel before you tell them to, they tell you to stop. Me, you just have to pick up the shovel. I'm like, no, no, no. We're not going to have any of that. Okay? <laughs> you need to be proactive. You need to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen. That's why you get paid fat dollars, Jim Bob Cooter. That's why you get paid to be a coordinator. That's, I, it makes me so mad that a guy like that can do something like that. And here, here I am talking to you on the radio. I could do that. I could sit in an offensive coordinator's office for nine months and not do anything and just spit out the plays. Shoot. Do your job, Matt. Jim Bob Cooter. Do your job, Matt Patricia. This won't happen. Do your job. You got outplayed. You got outmanned. You got out physical. You didn't look like your team was prepared. And if that was all on them knowing the calls, well, you got what you deserve. They shouldn't have been able to do that that quickly, that easily. It's the NFL, which stands for not for long in your case, Jim Bob Cooter, because you're not going to be around much longer. It's cra- it's it's absolutely crazy to me. I mean, it's it is beyond crazy to me. It's beyond sensical to me. If this is truly what happened, and them saying, "Hey, flat out." They, you know, we know the plays because they haven't changed. We've seen them. They, you know, it's exactly the, I mean, they're not, and that, again, they're not stealing anything because if they're already out there for everybody to see, then they're out there for everybody to see. But like you said, what have you been doing for all this time? How have you been preparing? What has been your job in the last nine months if it hasn't been to prepare your team? So, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I didn't think that this would ever be a notion that somebody would keep the same plays and keep everything status quo and just show everybody your cards. But allegedly that's the case. So with that being said, really quick here before we get into week two games, what do you think about Matt or about Sam Darnold? I just almost took Matt Stafford and Sam Darnold and made him one person. But what do you think about Sam Darnold so far? I know it's only one game. I know it was his debut, but how did he look to you? Yeah, you know, um, you and I may remember this, but a lot of millennials or a lot of younger folks may not remember this. And I remember this because my uncle, every every birthday, every Christmas, I always got a card in the mail, and it was the peanuts. It was always Charlie Brown and the peanuts. But more than not, more than likely, it was a Joe Cool card. And I had a picture of Snoopy with his Joe Cool sweatshirt on. And that was cool. I looked forward to that every year. That is Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is Joe Cool. He went out there and the first thing he did was throw a pick six in his NFL career. That's the very first play that he he, he was part of. He threw a pick six. And I looked at him and on the sideline and he didn't look frazzled. And I'm like, okay, maybe he just doesn't realize the moment. He's a young guy, one of the youngest players. You know, maybe, maybe this is he just doesn't realize how big this moment is. And then he gets out there and starts marching down the field and scoring touchdowns. And he's not jumping all around like an idiot, getting the game ball and weaving high to mom and the camera and all that. No, he's back to the bench. He's looking at the next play. He's talking to the coordinator. I'm like, this guy, nothing phases him. He's 
hey, this is what I do, this is my job, and he's doing it. That's what's going to make him successful. Joe Cool, I'm patenting it now. I'm putting the moniker out there now. That's Sam Darnold's nickname, Joe Cool. And well, and the thing is, is like like you said, he comes out, he throws a pick six, and everybody goes, "Oh, here we go!" And people start roasting him and saying negative things about him, and this, that, and the other. And then he comes back and does what he needs to do. I mean, it it's helpful when your defense knows all the plays that the offense is running. But at the same time, I mean, this is a guy who's in his debut; it's his first game ever, and that it, that's going to count for something in professional football. And he's handling it the way that he did, like you said. Calm as a cucumber, and it's funny because Blake Bortles got asked the question about, you know, what do you think about the outside noise and what people are saying, and he's like, I've had a lot of preparation with outside noise, and I don't let it bother me. And I talk to Nate Hackett about it all the time, the offensive coordinator that was the quarterback's coach before that with Nate Hackett, or with Nate Hackett, with Blake Bortles, and he said to me, he's like, listen, Blake never lets himself get too high or too low. He never lets anybody bother him. He legitimately just goes and does his job. He drowns out the noise. He's calm as a kid. Like, he just doesn't hear it. He just doesn't hear it. And, you know, that is that is the only way to live your life, whether you're a quarterback or not. And, you know, for me, that's, that's just how you got to be. And I asked somebody, it was funny, I want to give a shout-out to my buddy Frankie Policelli. I asked him a, a question about... About because he's always calm as a cucumber, and Frankie Policelli came from New Hart for New York. He's going to be playing his first season in Division One men's basketball for the Dayton Flyers this season. Awesome guy, love having him in my life. Have known him for a while, and I said to him how he keeps. I said, "How do you keep the noise out?" And he responded simply this, and I want to know what you think about this, Mike, because I thought it was one of the best answers I've ever gotten. Stay to my roots and listen to the people that got me to where I am today. That's what keeps him level-headed. What do you think about that? No, that's what you have to do. That's like in anything, in any profession, anything you take seriously, anything you want to be the best at, anything you want to excel in, that's exactly what you got to do. You can't forget where you came from. You got to be nice to the people on the way up because you might be seeing those same people on the way down. But hopefully, if you work out the right relationships, business, personal, or, or sports, or otherwise, whatever you're doing, you know, though you can continue to build on those things and make something nice for yourself in the future. So, yeah, that's the way to go. Just do your thing, keep doing your thing, and drown out all the noise. Drown out everything else. So what if somebody says something? Who cares? Do you. Keep doing you. Do what you got that got you there, and don't forget the people that helped you along the way. And that's one thing I could say about you, Dan. I remember years ago first meeting you, and, and here you here you are, you know, much further on in your career and doing well, and and you haven't forgotten the people. You came all the way to Florida for the for the fantasy football draft, and like you, you know, we've we've continued to to be a part of that. So I, I really appreciate that, and that that's why you're going to excel in your career is you're you're grounded that way. Well, you know, and I I appreciate those sentiments, and I appreciate those those kind words because you know it is something that always has mattered to me and always means something to me. And, and I, I made that statement to you guys, and, and I remember that all the time. You know, I, I, I literally, when I'm on a plane and I'm coming down, those words are in my head. And, and outside of that, those words are in my head of what I said to not only you, but to everybody in the Florida League. I met every single, like Mike Sofka and I would not be on the air today if I wasn't on the air at ESPN 1080, the team at the time, down in Orlando, because Mike listened to the show. And that's how we met. And then we ended up both broadcasting together 
on WLBE 790 and got to have that and then just built a friendship through fantasy football and all these other things that have happened. But the that's the thing is every single one of you was a listener. And, you know, Stefan and his father, Mark, you know, Stefan said to me, now he's six foot whatever, and he and he looked at me when I flew his trophy down to him a couple of years ago. We didn't even have the draft that day. I just flew it down in the summer and handed it to him. And he said to me, he goes, do you remember how what, what I look like, what I, who I was when I first met you? He goes, I was this little kid, and he puts his hand down about four feet off the ground. He said, this is how tall I was. And he was like, I was listening to your show, and I told my dad, we should do fantasy football, and I want to do it with this guy. And he's like, now I am all grown up, and I went to college, and it's just, it's crazy to me to be treated that way, you know, where he's like, Hey, I met you, Mr. Totoro, when I was a little kid and I'm a big kid now and look at me and, you know, thank you so much. And, you know, I was a part of his life. I was a part of his childhood and his growing up just by doing this and being a part of something I love and chasing my dreams. And I told you guys, I would never, ever forget you. I remember sitting because we used to do the drafts at Hooters. And I remember sitting there saying, I'm going to leave. I didn't know how to say it. I was like, I'm leaving Orlando. I won't physically be here but I promise you, you'll be able to hear me or connect with me. I got my website. I got this. I got that. And I will never, I will never end this league because I will stay committed to it. If you will, I'll always have you your back and I hope you'll have mine. And now it's nine years that this league has been going on and flying down and sitting with you guys and seeing you guys. It was the nicest thing in the world to see all of these people that are now friends with each other, friends with me. And, you know, we drafted for like, uh, we shut the place down. We drafted for like five hours. We hung out. We ate. We drank. We had a good time. Shot video. Took pictures. Made jokes. And you know, none of this stuff would have happened if I didn't chase my dreams. You guys didn't listen to the show, and we didn't all do something that people forget to do in this world. And that's keep your word because your word is the most expensive thing and the and the most meaningful thing that you own. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's, you know, and that's what you need to do. That's how you succeed in life. And that's what it's going to take if you're, if you're an NFL quarterback and if you want a long career. I mean, can you imagine what it is to be a Nathan Peterman today? I mean, I just, I can't imagine. Here's a guy that's been, you know, I, I just, I, you know, you throw all that many interceptions, you come back and throw interceptions. I, I, I'm interested to see how he responds does he have that same thing can he drown out the noise like these other guys say they can or they or they practice well and i gotta tell you something really funny and speaking here with mike Sofka here on wake up call with dan satora inside of the fantasy football power hour might as well call it the power hours because we always find a way to go over and give you all the information that you need but mike this this happened yesterday and in the moment i talked about it on the show so for those of you that were listening yesterday, you know, my apologies that you have to hear it again, but it's a great story. And for those that haven't heard it, it's it, it's definitely worth listening to. So my buddy Ross Trotsky was on and you talk about don't forget, don't forget who you are and don't forget your roots and all that. Ross and I became friends in 2008 at one of the lowest points in my life. And I was going through a breakup. I had detached myself from like all my friends and he was like the first friend that that reached out and, and gave me that, you know, extended hand and the opportunity. We hung out almost every single day and he pulled me out of a really dark place and I appreciate it. And so Ross is a writer in Northeast PA. We both went to Marywood University in Scranton and we were talking yesterday about Josh Allen 
and Nathan Peterman. And I was reading the Sean McDermott quote that Sean said about he doesn't know who the quarterback's going to be. And, and, you know, he doesn't know how, and it was very, very vague. And he was dot and he said he had to dot his eyes and cross his T's and this and that and the other thing. So when I was reading it, I was reading the quote that he had, you know, and I'll, I'll read it again. Ross was like, can you read it as your impersonations? Can you read it as Donald Trump? Can you read it as Kim Jong-un? I read it as a girl breaking up with a guy. Because in all honesty, Mike, and and I'm going to read it to you because I feel that when you read this, when you, when you actually say this, it's, it it could be used in any situation where someone would think that you were vague, they'd be pissed off and they would be very questioning of where you're going from here. So I'm going to read, so Mike, I'm going to let you choose. Do I read this as Trump? Do I read it as Kim Jong-un or do I read it as a girl trying to let you down gently? You know what? I, I'm i going to go with the popular one. I'm going to go with Trump here. I'm going to go with the one that's going to get the most legs. I, I'll go with Trump. <laughs> so you're going to hear Trump say what Sean McDermott said, and I'm going to say it, and I want you to hear those words because if Donald Trump said this about anything, literally any topic, people would crucify him for being way too vague about the situation, and this is what was said by Sean McDermott. Through the words of Donald Trump. Still going to evaluate where we are, dotting the I's, crossing the T's. When you look at the tape, I've been through a couple times already. We all have to do our job better. We can grow around the team. All three phases, we didn't play well enough to win the football game. Dot the I's, cross the T's, get it right, figure it out. We got this. You know, like, and I'm adding, I'm embellishing a little bit at the end. But the dotting the I's and the crossing the T's, if Donald Trump stood up there and they said, Donald, what are you going to do about North Korea? We're still dotting the I's and crossing the T's. We're looking at the whole situation. Nobody's living their life perfectly. We're going to think about it. We're going to digest it. We're going to feel it out, and then we're going to come back. Everybody would say you literally said nothing. And that's literally what Sean McDermott did. Before he named the starter, he legitimately said nothing. But the craziness after this is that we are talking about how is Josh Allen not the starter? There's no way in hell he's not the starter. I know that he's probably going to get hit a bunch, and I hope that doesn't happen because that offensive line has been atrocious to start off the season, even though it's only been a game. They allowed three sacks on Josh Allen and three on Peterman. But here's the thing. We were talking about Buffalo should start Josh Allen, but they probably won't. And I'm not kidding you. Hand to God. I put my hand on a Bible right now. Okay. I got a call. Well, Ross was on the live line. I got a call from a number I didn't recognize. And when it comes from the area code, it tells you the city. It said Buffalo, New York. And then it hung up. I didn't answer it. And then within a minute time, I saw on my feed that Josh Allen was named the starter. So I said to Ross, in all of our jokes and all of our quips and our conversation, we were saying he needs to be the starter, he needs to be the starter. Then I got a a phantom phone call from Buffalo, and he was named the starter. So I told Ross that him and I are taking credit for that from yesterday. Absolutely. And and well-deserved. Absolutely. But I mean, what do you think about this whole situation? I mean, I if I'm if I'm Josh Allen, I'm kind of horrified that I'm going to be behind that line. But if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I can't come home and play the Chargers 
and think for a, a split second that they're not going to boo me out of New Era Field if I didn't start Josh Allen. So it's a catch-22. You have to start him because you can't argue that Peterman's the starter. But if I'm Josh Allen, I'm kind of horrified at what could happen to me behind that line in this game. Yeah, well, when 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 people are evasive or, or people pretend to be evasive – but see, I think there there's a line to be drawn because I think there's a there's a front stage and there's a backstage. There's a on stage, as Disney says, and and behind the scenes, you know, it, it, it's it you gotta say things and do things a certain way on the public's front, and that's the same way that we're treated by politicians. Sometimes we're not told everything that's going on, or we're not told the truth about things because, you know, quite frankly, in their mind's eye. You know, that's what they're there for, to handle those situations. And quite frankly, a lot of people can't handle certain situations, I meaning in the general public. I'm not I'm not meaning that downgrade, you know, to, to talk down about anybody, but that's just the way it is. It's a simple fact. It's math. So, you know, what I'd be more interested in or more worried about is the Buffalo Bills as an organization. This is a... This is an organization that was a playoff team. Now, say what you will about how they backed into the playoffs and how they, they lost right away and all that, but they lost to Jacksonville, who should have been in the Super Bowl last year. And the other thing to consider is Terod Taylor was a guy holding this this crap fest all together. He was a guy that was able to, to make something out of this. They have gone downhill. They've made some bad moves. They've traded away the only players that could help them. They don't have an offensive line. I don't see where the defensive presence is. I mean, you let Baltimore look like the Rams of 99 when they went to the Super Bowl. as the greatest show on charge. You let Baltimore put a 4-7 on you. Come on. <laughs> Buffalo, you have taken something so beautiful and made it so bad. It's, it's ridiculous. All I can say is, you're on the clock for next year's draft. <laughs> yeah, and the crazy thing about it is that's exactly how I felt coming out of it is that I said, you know, I guess the Buffalo Bills are jockeying to get a good pick in next year's draft because the way it looks right now is is pretty awful. And if Josh Allen doesn't pan out or, God forbid, they can't protect him, then it's going to be a long season for this team because outside of LaShawn McCoy, you can't do anything with your receivers if you can't get the ball to them. And so that's going to make Zay Jones look bad. It's going to make all these guys look bad. So ultimately, as I said, the Buffalo Bills went into training camp not knowing who their quarterback was or their top wide receiver. They came out of training camp not knowing who their quarterback was or their top wide receiver. And look at what happened. I ranked them 32 out of 32 in quarterback rankings for fantasy football, and and I'm not going to move off of that line, and I shouldn't move off of that line because look at that line. Look at what happened. Look at who they are. Look at how they're playing. Buffalo, as I, and I said this multiple times, Buffalo fans, you deserve better. You know you deserve better. Fight for better. You should have better. This is bad. It's awful. This is like the Detroit Lions. A team that had all this time to prepare, what were they doing? What were the Bills doing? And guess what? On December 16th, the Bills play the Lions in Buffalo, and either the Bills are going to be smart enough to read all the signs if the Lions don't change them, or the Lions are just going to harass the hell out of the offensive line or Buffalo, or a little bit of both. Maybe this is one of those situations like Alien vs. Predator, the tagline, whoever wins, we lose. But that game is coming to you on December 16th. Yeah, I'm, 
I, you know what, it, it, to wrap up, the only way you could express what we're talking about in a way everyone can understand, regardless of if, if you've even watched the Bills or not, is the Bills, <laughs> the Bills are a seven and a half point underdog this week at home. Usually you get three points just for being at home. So you're telling me the Chargers are over 10-point favorites over the Bills? That's ridiculous. You should be embarrassed, Buffalo Bills. Not necessarily talking about the fans, of course, but I mean the organization. Come on. It's a disgrace. I, You know what? The only thing I can say is thank goodness I'm not a Bills fan because this would really be dragging me down right now, and I'm having a good fantasy season. So, you know, I, I hope the best for Bills fan. Go ahead, Bills Mafia. Crash through a few tables over this one, but you know your team, your team is what it is. And uh, you know, if if my team was the Bills, I'd be wanting to commit suicide by jumping through a table as well. It's just crazy to me. And like I said, it's not it's not the fans' fault. You know, they deserve better. They deserve they deserve more. And I understand that. I mean, this is just. It's it's just it's ugly, it's bad, it's damning, and for goodness sakes, the Patriots won their opening game, the Dolphins won their opening game, the Jets won their opening game. So the only team to lose in division was the Buffalo Bills, who made the Baltimore Ravens and Joe Flacco look like the team that made it to the Super Bowl way back when against Colin Kaepernick. So I mean it's just it's a very strange situation in Buffalo, but I can't say that I didn't warn you that this was coming. So, week two, we're jumping into this. We're going to make it happen. Baltimore at Cincinnati tonight, Thursday night football. Baltimore is on the road against Cincy. What do you think about this one, Mike? Yeah, you know, I don't think the Ravens are the world beaters that they were made out to be last week by the Bills. But, you know, what I, I like what the Bengals were able to do and how they were able to show me they have some weapons on both sides of the ball. You know, Cincinnati's coming into this game as a slight favorite, but it's only one point. So that leads me to believe that Vegas really thinks the Ravens are capable of winning this game. They're just trying to keep half the money on one side and half the money on the other. You know, looking on a fantasy perspective here, you know, I was pretty much impressed by what Joe Flacco was able to put together. Maybe the pressure on his back is doing something good, but I'm not going to get so so giddy over it. And that Cincinnati defense is a little bit different than the Buffalo defense. And with that, Joe Flacco is not ranked very high on my board this week, the number 30 quarterback. So I hope you don't have Joe Flacco, but if you do, you better look on the wire for another option or hit me up and I'll try to help you the best way I can. You know, Andy Dalton doesn't look like a world beater either. As a matter of fact, he's the number 29 quarterback on my ranking. So those two guys are right next to each other. And, you know, so I'm not looking for a dynamic or explosive performance by either one of the quarterbacks. What I am looking for is the running game. I think Joe Mixon is the guy to own here, of course. Everybody knows that. He's number eight on my ranking this week. And Alex Collins, number 16. You know, one thing I know is Kenneth Dixon's not going to be vulturing any carries. Kenneth Dixon is out for the year, but he's going to have to watch out for Buck Allen. But I think as a team, they're going to have to run the ball and throw the ball to the wide receivers because they don't have anybody, Baltimore that is, in the tight end position. Normally, they rely on a tight end for maybe seven, eight targets and maybe five or six catches and a touchdown, and they don't have that guy. No one stepped up. Well, that bodes well for a guy like Crabtree. Michael Crabtree, I got him as the number 31 receiver this week, but 
that's what you get when you're facing Cincinnati's defense, you know. And so he's a wide receiver three for you this week. He's a solid one or maybe a, a flex and a PPR. And then on the other side of the ball, we got A.J. Green. Now, even though I don't think that Baltimore is going to give up many yards or touchdowns, A.J. Green is a guy who always gets his. He's a consummate number one receiver in the league, a true professional, number seven wide receiver for me this week. Tyler Eifert making, making the rankings as a number 13 tight end this week. And like I said, you know, unless a Max Williams or, 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 or somebody else steps up in Baltimore, it's going to be a long year until Hunter – until um, – Gosh, names escaping here. The redheaded freak there. The guy out of uh, South Carolina, Hayden Hurst. As long as Hayden Hurst is out, they're not going to have that big, heavy presence at tight end. So, you know, Tyler Eifert, I think, is the number 13 tight end this week. You could do better, but you could do a lot worse. But uh, I'm not looking for a big explosive fantasy game, but I do think that there's going to be some some dynamic plays on the defense. So, you know, if you have the Cincinnati or Baltimore defense, those are like mid-range defenses for me this week, 13 and 15 respectively. So I think that you could do better on the defensive side as well. So it should be a little bit of a back-and-forth and entertaining game to watch nonetheless. Yeah, you know, I think it'll be an entertaining game because the AFC North games seem to be – you know, somewhat entertaining. They're either they're either like thirteen to three or something like that, or they're thirty something to thirty something. So to look at the injury report, really nothing on either side for people to be concerned with on Baltimore's side in this game. I'm not a massive fan of Joe Flacco. Again, I I, I agree with Mike's sentiments that the Buffalo Bills made him look like a road scholar. But you know, for me, I'm just not. I'm not sold on him being the guy that's going to run things for you. I thought it was interesting in their debut, Michael Crabtree, John Brown, and Willie Sneed all scored touchdowns in the game against Buffalo. If I had to pick any one of them, I'd put Michael Crabtree out there. I'm not sold on Sneed being in every single game or necessarily Brown. I think Brown and Sneed, if you need depth at a flex position, I would look to that. I do like Crabtree. He's not a number one. To me, he's kind of a mid-range two. And then Alex Collins, I do like Alex Collins because when in doubt, they can run the ball and they could do some nice things there, and they're playing Cincinnati. On Cincinnati's side of things in this Thursday night game, not a big fan of, of a lot of what Cincinnati has to offer. I, I don't feel good about Joe Mixon, and Joe Mixon in this game, he may get you some yards like 31 yards in a touchdown, but it's it's... Is that enough for you? Is that going to be enough for you? I, I'm not really sold on Joe Mixon against Baltimore's defense. Not a big fan of Andy Dalton. A.J. Green, he's a low-end one for me, is worth the play. And outside of that, besides A.J. Green on Cincinnati, I'm still kind of waiting in the water as far as who else I would put out there for them. I think A.J. Green's your best bet. Carolina at Atlanta in this game. The Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are trying to... Come off of a, they're trying to do better coming off a game where they scored 12 points and only threw to one guy. If you had Julio Jones, you were sitting pretty. If you had anybody else, it was probably not a good day for you for the Atlanta Falcons. Carolina, Atlanta, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I'm going to go with the me man. I'm going to go with Cam. Cam likes him some Cam. Cam's number four quarterback on my ranking this week. You know, Matt Ryan, not so much. Number 16, still struggling second year in that Sarkeesian offense. So it's going to be interesting to me how Devonta Freeman's knee is. That's a true concern. He's not at all guaranteed to play this week. 
I think he's going to end up playing because Tevin Coleman looked a lot better. Now, even though Freeman outtouched Coleman, Coleman looked like the better performer. And, I, I you know, I'm going to take a lot of that due to the knee and the situation. But I think if he does play, Devonta Freeman is still just an RB2 for me until something else happens. Tevin Coleman, a little bit lower on the ranking, RB3 this week. Now, the wide receiver front, this is going to be a little bit interesting because I don't think anybody's yet to step up for Carolina. Like, I don't feel like there's that wide receiver presence. And you know what's really bad is Greg Olson is going to be out for a couple weeks. The guy who's the normal number one target receiver, the guy who they throw the ball to, he's not going to be there. So somebody is going to need to step up at receiver. Now, Julio Jones on the other side of the ball is going to be the guy you're going to want. You know, of course, I don't need to tell you that. But it begs the question, where's Calvin Ridley? We haven't seen him. He's supposed to be this highly touted rookie coming in. Well, it's just like I said in my adjusted explosive index, even though I didn't have a full score on him, I didn't think he was the top receiver, even though he came with a lot of flash out of the award-winning program, Nick Saban and Alabama. You know, I, Muhammad Sanu looks like he's trying to step up. It'd be nice to see a little more from Austin Hooper, but I can't I can't play that guy until I see something. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball, again, I don't know who's going to show up at tight end. I can only think it's going to be Ian Thomas, the rookie out of Indiana. And until Carolina shows me more, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about a Devin Funches. I don't know how I feel about a DJ Moore or a Torrey Smith. Carolina, you played a horrible Cowboys team last week. Yeah, you know what? You won. Congratulations. Dallas isn't Dallas. They don't have any receivers. And Zeke only ran for like 62 yards on like 16 carries. Something was wrong there with that situation. And you got away with one, Carolina. I don't think you're as good. I think Atlanta beats you. Yeah, you know, I, I think that the Carolina Panthers, for everything the Dallas Cowboys are not anymore, that I would expect Carolina to be able to do more with that game and not win the game the way that they won that game. It was a very ugly game. The Cowboys only scored six or eight points, and then the Carolina Panthers at home only scored 16. So I'm not a big fan of what I saw from Carolina. I thought that they would win the game. I didn't think that it would be that ugly of a game on their side of the ball. Uh, still not practicing and questionable for Week 2 is Curtis Samuel, who hasn't done much since coming to the professional ranks. He's on the Carolina Panthers at wide receiver. So just a note in case you had to go deep and you have him on your team, but I don't know fantasy-wise why he would be on your roster at this point. And then for the Atlanta Falcons, anything of note here, obviously, is Devontae Freeman. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Yesterday, he's questionable with his knee injury, so that is something to watch. And that will obviously change this that you know these thoughts here if he if he's ready to go and he's capable of going then there's something to be had with him being out there if not Tevin Coleman I think either way Tevin Coleman's a play this week because Tevin Coleman is going to be dealing with a Devontae Freeman sharing the backfield with him that's not 100% or not out there so I like Tevin Coleman of this and a speedy recovery to Devontae Freeman I hope and I pray for it's Carolina's defense they don't really scare me so I think Tevin Coleman's a good play. Devontae Freeman, you got to watch our injury report on wakeupcalldt.com. Under the Fantasy Football tab, we'll have the injuries up there for you. 
Julio Jones, obviously a play. Tevin Coleman, a play. Matt Ryan is a is a high end quarterback too to me this week because he's playing Carolina, and I'm again not really sold on Carolina's abilities and and what they're going to bring to the table on this. And like you said, Mike, they played a game against the Dallas Cowboys, who again preparation. You had all this time to prepare. You don't have Jason Witten. Who's your tight end? Oh, you don't know. You have Ezekiel Elliott, finally, and you don't have any drama right now with Zeke. So how's that going? Not good. And guess what? The team that needs a wide receiver more than anybody right now is the Dallas Cowboys. And Des Bryant's available because they let him be available. And Jerry Jones never admits he's wrong, but this would be the time to sit down and have a conversation with Des Bryant and say, hey, buddy, remember that time that we can laugh about, about when we let you go? Remember that? Remember how funny that was? Well, we need you back to the team. We need you back to the practice facility today. Can you make it happen? Because the Dallas Cowboys didn't have a number one, and they still don't, and they looked awful. I thought they would lose. I didn't think they would score eight points. So Carolina, again, it was a good game for them, but they were playing a subpar team. On Carolina's side, Cam Newton... I'd say he's like a mid-range quarterback, too, this week. I'm not really sold on him in this game. Christian McCaffrey, he's a flex guy for me this week. And DJ Moore, you know, he's fallen down the depth chart here. I'm, I I I have him on some of my rosters, but I'm being cautious with when I'm putting him out there. Kind of like Austin Hooper. Unless I see something, I can't do anything about it. And with Greg Olson being out indefinitely, that's going to hurt the team as well, which could open up the game for Christian McCaffrey a little bit more and maybe a Devin Funches. So Funches, low-end guy for me at wide receiver. If I'm going to play anybody on Carolina this week, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Next up on the docket, the Los Angeles Chargers going up against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. What do you have for this? Yeah, get your asses ready, Buffalo fans, because it's not going to be pretty. You know, dark. The Chargers, I like what they got going on. I like where they're headed. I like the direction they're headed. However, they did come out and they did lose. We, I can't, I, 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 you know, I wish I could say something different because I really think they're a good team. Phillip Rivers, number eight quarterback for me this week. And you know what? On the Buffalo side, not so much. I don't know what we're going to see from Josh Allen with that decrepit line in front of him. I do know that they're going to give the ball to LaShawn McCoy, but without a line, I don't know how that's going to work. And, well, what's going to happen? Well, if you don't block, you're not going to be able to run the ball, no matter who you have back there. It doesn't matter if you have Chris Ivory or Marcus Murphy or Taiwan Jones. I don't care. Without blocking, it's not going to work. And I can't sign off on any Buffalo player in any category, whether it's quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. I got nothing for Buffalo. So if you're a fantasy football player and you have a guy from Buffalo on your team, just go to the wire right now, add another player from any team, and that'll be an improvement. No matter who it is, that'll be an improvement. You could take Chris Moore, fifth wide receiver from Cincinnati, pick him up, and that would be an improvement over any player from Buffalo. And that's why they're bad. They just have a bad team, and the ownership has let that happen. Now, the Chargers... The other side of the coin, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, number five running back this week. And you know what? I like Keenan Allen a lot, but everybody knows that. You know who I'm looking to see step up? You know what I want to see? I want to see something from Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams. I know Travis Benjamin was in the boot. I know Joey Bosa was in the boot, and he's having trouble getting back. I know they made up and kissed and made up with Antonio Gates, like you're suggesting they do with Dallas and Des Bryant, and he's back in the fold. 
yeah, he only had a couple targets, but the guy just got back. He's 152 years old and weighs 400 pounds. He's going to get the red zone look. And you know what? He did get the two-point conversion last week as well. So I can play in Antonio Gates. You look at the Chargers and the Bills, this is like day and night. This is like heads and tails. This is like a, 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 a story of opposites. If I have a guy in an Antonio Gates with his age and his weight and his restrictions and the relationship we had, and I can still sign off with him as a tight end too, and I don't have anybody on your team, Buffalo, that's even close, you got problems. I think Buffalo knows they have problems. Look for the Chargers to be big winners in this and go ahead and rake you up some fantasy points because I think the Chargers get it done kind of the way Baltimore did. It's going to be the Chargers in an ugly one. Yeah, you know, I think the Chargers are going to make this another embarrassing game. I think that they have the opportunity to essentially make this game a 41-7 to style game, that type of game. In Buffalo, I know Buffalo fans don't want to hear this, but my job is to be impartial. My job is to tell you the truth, and the truth of the matter is there's a lot of problems in Buffalo. And when the offensive line is not there to protect you, that is where a lot of issues are going to be started and a lot of problems are going to be had. So, in my opinion, Buffalo is in trouble when it comes to that upcoming game, and I think the Chargers' defense and special teams is worth the play. I think that, you know, on Buffalo's side, yeah, I I, I, do I agree with you, Mike. I don't think that there's anybody that I could put out there on Buffalo and feel good about. LaShawn McCoy, for goodness sakes, didn't even have a good game. So, you know, we look at everything that went wrong on the road in Baltimore, and you say, okay, but LaShawn McCoy, he usually does, right? Doesn't he? Yeah, he had seven carries for 22 yards and no touchdowns. So, no, it doesn't look good. Zay Jones is affected by this. I think he's a lot better of a receiver than he gets credit for. Calvin Benjamin, when healthy, should be better than this. I know Jeremy Curley is better than this because I've seen what he's done with the Jets when the Jets didn't have a lot. So it's saying a lot about the Bills when they can't do anything with some of the talent that the Jets could do stuff with when the Jets haven't had guys like Sam Darnold and whatnot. And so, I mean, for me, the Buffalo Bills are in a lot of trouble. I don't feel good about anybody on the Chargers side of it, their defense and special teams I mentioned. I would also look to the Chargers for, of course, Melvin Gordon. I want to go to the injury report really quick here just to let you know. As far as Buffalo goes, really nothing there to be concerned about. And as far as the Los Angeles Chargers go, Travis Benjamin didn't practice yesterday on Wednesday, September 12th. He has a foot injury. And Artavis Scott, wide receiver as well, he's on injured reserve. Hunter Henry, physically unable to perform, as you all know, just to make another note of that. But besides that, there's really nothing. Uh, Joey Bosa, who you mentioned, he did not practice on Wednesday, September 12th. But I still think the defense without Joey Bosa is going to be able to handle the Buffalo Bills. So Melvin Gordon's worth a play. Phillip Rivers is worth a play. Keenan Allen's worth a play. And let's face it, Tyrell Williams is even worth looking at as a low-end wide receiver, and Mike Williams as well. And if Travis Benjamin's healthy, all these guys are going to have fun in this game. I would look to Tyrell Williams, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, and Phillip Rivers to do something for you. And Antonio Gates, if they could cart the man out there and plop him right there in the end zone. I'm kidding. Antonio Gates, I love him. It's season number 16, baby. Go get yours. And it's going to feel really good in season number 16 to get a touchdown in only week two, and he'll probably be doing it against the Buffalo Bills. If there's ever a time to feel good about returning to football, it's going to be in Buffalo, unfortunately, for the Buffalo Bills. Minnesota at Green Bay, big-time game, big-time matchup, but Aaron Rodgers, eh, we don't know what's going on. Man played on one leg, 
and came back from a 21-point deficit. But he's playing Minnesota, and Minnesota's got Kirk Cousins. They had a nice little debut. What do you think about this one? Yeah, normally Aaron Rodgers, you're at the top of my rankings every week. I'm excited for this game. This is going to be a great game. I look forward to seeing this game, and I'm so happy the Jags-Patriots game is at 425 so I can watch this game. But the Vikings, you know, they have a, they have a great defense. And when Aaron Rodgers spots you one leg, he's giving you one leg, Minnesota. You're not only the top defense, but he's giving you one. He's playing on one leg, reminiscent of the days of Byron Leftwich in college at Marshall, where the team was carrying him down the field after big chunk plays to get him to the next line of scrimmage because he was playing on one leg. Well, that's what Aaron Rodgers courageously did last week. And whether there was some, you know, magic potion they gave him in the locker room, I think there's an extensive damage to some sort of ligament or cartilage or something in his knee. I think you've determined that it can't get any worse. It's just not going to get any better until they do the procedure. And if they have the procedure, he's going to be out for a while. Now, this is just IMO, in my opinion. This is conjecture on my part, but I'm reading the tea leaves, and I think I see clearly what's going on here. I got Aaron Rodgers knocked down the number nine this week. If he plays, watch the injury report. I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled a fast one on us here, but I think he can play on the one leg. And and you know what? Kudos to the rest of the of the Green Bay Packers for stepping up last week when he was on one leg, whether the offense really knew it or not. He, he, he had no pressure on that front left leg. He couldn't press off. He couldn't push off. He was a dead duck in the pocket, and they really turned it up for him. Running back, that's been a wreck for Green Bay. You know, Jamal Williams didn't do anything with his opportunity here, and I bet you they can't wait for Aaron Jones to get back at this point. I think he's only got one more game under suspension, but there's nothing really to speak of there. But Dalvin Cook on the other side of the ball, low-end running back one for me this week. I really like what he's got going on. Latavius Murray, not so much. I thought he was going to be more involved. I thought there was going to be more of a split-carry situation. Latavius Murray, number 40 on my rankings this week. You know, and if you're a running back in Green Bay, well, good luck to you. Whether you're Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery, I don't know who's going to run the ball, but apparently nobody's running the ball in Green Bay based on what I saw last week. It's simply long handoffs through the pass from a one-legged quarterback. Well, you know what? You're going to have to pass the ball. I'm going to take Devontae Adams. He's the number nine wide receiver this week for me. Randall Cobb had one big breakaway game. Everybody's oh, look, Randall Cobb's back. Don't be fooled. Don't look at the shininess and the glitz on the outside of the car. Make sure you lift the hood and check the engine. That was a one big play chunk. Randall Cobb, not a bad player. He's still wide receiver three for me this week, but I don't want to hear how he's all of a sudden a wide receiver two week in, week out. He's not that guy. Jimmy Graham, you disappointed me last week. I'm going to give you one more chance as a low-end tight end one for me this week. And Kyle Rudolph, well, you're always up there. You're a low-end tight end one. But I want to talk about the wide receivers in Minnesota. Diggs and Thielen. I like these guys a lot. They did a lot last year. I think that party continues. Downgraded just a little bit is Thielen to number 14 on my rankings this week. And Diggs, I don't know, brother. Is he going to be healthy this game? I, I, I don't even know where I would have him ranked this week. Well, he's going to be right there next to Thielen. How about that? Those guys always seem to be one over the other or the other under the other. They're 12 and 14 this week. And I'll take that problem. 
seven days a week. If you're telling me I can't have the number one receiver, but I can have the number 12 and 14, I'll take that. That's just like being the number 12 spot in a draft, basically. You're going to get two pretty good players. So I look for this to be a good, balanced game. I look for it to be a tight game. They always are. But watch the injury report for for Rodgers. If Rodgers don't play, it's going to be ugly, and Minnesota's going to win big. Yeah, you know, this is going to be an interesting game for me because of that Aaron Rodgers factor, because of what's going on, obviously, on the injury report. Aaron Rodgers is the one that everybody's circling in this matchup. Many people who have him, I had him on my team last year, so it was it was, it was was scary. You know, it was definitely scary. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He's questionable with a knee injury. He said he felt something in his knee, and it just wasn't right after the game. He also said, I will play in week two, so... We'll see what happens. Devontae Adams' shoulder injury, he didn't practice this Wednesday either, so you got to watch that. And on the other side of it with the Minnesota visiting Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, as far as any injuries, uh, Mac Brown's a backup guy. It's undisclosed. And outside of that, there's really nothing that you need to worry about fantasy-wise for Minnesota. I like, and I'm going to go to the road team first, as I typically do. For Minnesota, obviously, Delvin Cook. I like Delvin Cook in this game. I like Kirk Cousins in the game as well. I think that he's a high-end quarterback, too, maybe a low-end one. I like Delvin Cook. I like Adam Thielen. I'm rolling with those guys. I'm rolling with Kyle Rudolph, but I don't expect him to have a big-time day. It's just if that's my top tight end, it's not a bad one to have. I think he's kind of middle of the road this week, though, because he's playing the Green Bay Packers. And then on Green Bay's side of things, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, obviously on Wake Up Call, DT.com, as I said before, go to the Fantasy Football tab and click on Injury Report and follow it with us. If Aaron Rodgers is good to go, then that's a no-brainer. And then Devontae Adams, same thing. If he's good to go, that's a no-brainer. And then Randall Cobb, Geronimo Allison, this is kind of a rolling of the dice, waiver wire. I haven't been sold on Jimmy Graham since he left New Orleans, so I'm not going to sit here and say that I have to backtrack or anything. Like you said, Mike, you're giving him one more week. I think people came in really, really high on him, gave him all these opportunities, this, that, and the other. He's going to do this, he's going to do that. It's Jimmy Graham. People are following him more for his namesake than what he's done lately. So I hope that Jimmy Graham gets better. I hope that he improves as long as you're not playing me any anytime soon. But when it comes down to it, Jimmy Graham is a guy that has not impressed me in a very long time. So I sit back and I watch, but I'm not putting him out there on my roster. And then as far as running the ball, you're right. I'm not a big fan of any of it. Now, if a backup quarterback has to play, if Kaiser has to come in, then maybe that opens the door to Ty Montgomery. But that's an if and that is something that you need to watch. We'll do another one before we take a step aside. We'll take a fast break in just a moment, but not before we do Houston at Tennessee. The Houston Oilers became the Tennessee Titans, and then the Houston Texans became a franchise. So I always love this game, and it's a divisional AFC South game. What do you have for this? Yeah, I don't like Marcus Mariota at all. You know, I've been looking back, you know, kind of retrospectively looking at his career and either he's been like a 500 quarterback or he's been injured. There's been problems there. You know, it's it's ironic that him and Jameis, are, Jameis Winston are tied together. They came in the league together. It looked like they're battling each other together. Now they're battling for the bottom. Who can get below Sam Bradford? Who can be on the bottom of Mike's quarterback rankings each week? Well, there's a stiff competition for that, and congratulations 
well, you're down there. You're down there, Marcus Mariota. Congratulations, you're on the bottom. I'm not going to play you against Houston. There is no way. Now, on the other side of the ball, Deshaun Watson. I've given him entirely too much credit, but I think with the upside, it's deserved. I got him as the number three quarterback this week. Yes, he's still kind of in his rookie year when you consider the injury he had. But I like what I've seen. He wasn't explosive, didn't blow me away last week. But he's got the receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. I could stand back there and throw the ball within 10 yards of this dude, and he can get it. DeAndre Hopkins is a beast. He's my number four receiver this week. You know, I wish I could say the same about their running attack. Lamar Miller has been kind of eh in my mind. So I'm not sure Dante Foreman is still hurt. So they don't really have anybody behind them. Alfred Blue maybe. But I'm not super excited about starting either one of those guys. Uh, wide receiver-wise, again, DeAndre Hopkins. I think Will Fuller is still going to be hurt. Bruce Ellington might step up. Uh, Ryan Griffin, are you kidding me? No, watch for the long-term play here. Go ahead and click watch on this player, Jordan Atkins. Not Atkins like the Atkins diet. There's no T in there, but it's Atkins. It's spelled like Aikens, UCF guy. He's going to be the guy you're going to want come the end of this year, the beginning of this the beginning of next year heck if you're in a deep enough league you may even take a flyer on him now if you if you're a victim of a greg olson injury or or, or delaney walker injury and you're desperately seeking someone I, he's just as good as those other bottom end targets at tight end so i you know i i look for tennessee to fill in with johnny smith there's another name that you might want to take a waiver on this is a second year player he can catch the ball he might be the tight end of the future there so there's some opportunity here for some fantasy points. It's mainly going to come from the receiver end, not so much from Tennessee side. You know, again, bad quarterback play on one side, good quarterback play on the other side. Which side do you think is going to win? I'm going to go with the good quarterback side, and I'm going to take Houston all day in this game. Yeah, you know, and Marcus Mariota is at the bottom, and the only thing that was lower than Marcus Mariota was the Buffalo Bills quarterback situation. But Marcus Mariota fell all the way down there, 13 touchdowns to 15 interceptions last season. Not a big fan of of what uh, Marcus Mariota has out there right now. So not feeling it, not feeling good about it. So I'm going to go to Houston first, though, and let me get to the Texas. Deshaun Watson, I don't think that this game is going to be crazy in favor of the offense, but I like Deshaun Watson in the game. I like what he can do. Not a big fan of Lamar Miller running the rock, so if I had to choose, if I had to pick, I guess, you know, because it's the Tennessee Titans, I wouldn't feel terrible if you put him out there as a flex guy or as your backup guy. He's not your number one guy by any stretch of the imagination. Now, DeAndre Hopkins was limited in practice on Wednesday with a foot injury, but just kind of watch that one. Will Fuller was limited with a hamstring injury as well. Dante Foreman is still on the physically unable to perform list. And for the Tennessee Titans, really quick here injury-wise, just to let you know where people are at. Corey Davis has a hamstring injury. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. Delaney Walker is obviously out. And Michael Campanero's out as well. So he is not going to be out there for you on the team. And Harold Landry, my guy, who I covered when he was getting recruited and his time at BC and after BC, after the draft, 
He did not practice on Wednesday due to an ankle injury, so that's something to watch as well. So for me, in this game, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Miller, it's probably the only time I'll ever tell you to play Lamar Miller, but I'd put him as a backup or a flex position for you. You obviously have to go with DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. I would stay away from him right now. He seems to be injury prone, which is sad, and I hope that that changes for him and for the Texans. As far as the Tennessee Titans go, they're not going to be able to do a lot out there right now, and I'm not sold on really anybody to tell you. So I'm going to stay away from Tennessee in this game. If it's up to me, I'm not really touching any of Tennessee with a 10-foot pole unless I have to go to a flex position and go to Derrick Henry or Deion Lewis, who I consider RB3s this week. I don't look at either one of them as a two. I don't feel sold. I've never been really sold on Derrick Henry outside of his rookie season when I thought about taking a chance on him. And I love the fact that Mike said Jordan Atkins because Jordan Atkins came from UCF. I interviewed him. I covered him in his time there. And I said, watch him become the starter in Houston because they don't have a tight end right now. And I love what the opportunity could be for him, and I'm looking forward to it. Let's take a step aside, and like I said, we should call it the Fantasy Football Power Hours because we are stepping into another one. We'll be back after this fast break. This is a wake-up call fast break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant.
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Mike and I talking about some things off the air, always having some fun. We never, okay, first of all, there's never an, an end to the NFL season or the fantasy season because Mike and I are always here and we make it so. But there's also no end to the conversation because when we go on break, neither Mike nor I get a glass of water. We just talk about something else. So, you know, with that being said, we have a good time and we always appreciate you being here. Fantasy Football Power Hours is proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, the only place to watch the games in Central and Upstate New York. It is awesome. The NFL ticket is there. And this is what the cool thing is. It's not a team sports bar. It's every team sports bar. That's what I love about it. There are literally 20 to 30 different teams represented at the Wildcat every single week. It's nuts. I think one week I counted 30 or 31 out of 32 teams. In this past week, there was representation from every Florida Florida team. The Cleveland Browns were there. So many different teams were there. It was absolutely, tremendously amazing. And thank you to Danny and Heather who get it done and figure out a way to be welcoming and open to everybody. The fans love it. New faces come in all the time, and it's a great, great feeling to be there, and I'm happy I got to spend some time with my wife and watch the game with her at the Wildcat Sports Pub. Also, the Fantasy Football Power Hours is brought to you by the Penn and Trophy Center of East Syracuse. They've served the community for over 60 years. They can serve you outside of Syracuse. You can go to pennandtrophy.com, and you can customize something for yourself. And you can also go to East Syracuse right across from BJ's Wholesale Club, and you will find the Penn and Trophy Center located right in that nook right there in East Syracuse by the K-9 Campground and K-9 uh, doggy daycare as well that we work with that we're very proud to work with who are doing great things taking care of our furry loving friends every single week of the year so pennant trophy center the lombardi championship trophy that we have and the toilet bowl trophy that we have as well i want to thank the pennant trophy center for their impeccable work and amazing job that they do mike and i are here mike of hall of fame fantasy myself dan Satora of wakeupcalldt.com, that fantasy football tab with the injury report, the predictions every week for the games, rankers, and so much more, as well as the archive for all of our shows that you can pick up in so many different places by going to wakeupcalldt.com and clicking on the RSS feed, the Podbean podcast, the iTunes podcast, TuneIn Radio. You get it all, all over the place. YouTube.com backslash wakeupcalldt as well as well as many other places. New Orleans is hosting Cleveland, Mr. Mike Sofka. What do you think about this one? Because Cleveland has some offense, and we all know New Orleans doesn't play defense, so this could be a little bit of a higher-scoring game than maybe people expected. Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) I think it's going to be all New Orleans. I think it's going to be ugly. Browns fan, you can say that the streak is over because you didn't lose. You tied. You tied to a Le'Veon Bellis team. They had no Le'Veon Bell. James Conner did the yeoman's job, but he's not Le'Veon Bell. And I don't know what's up with with the the defense on Pittsburgh, but there's no way the Browns should have done that. Now, I like the Browns. They're up and coming. I like what they got going on there. I'm not trying to take anything away. But let's just take a deep breath and relax and look at the bigger picture. Now, Tarod Taylor, not Tyrod, Tarod Taylor, he's going to have a pretty okay game like he always does. He's a middle-of-the-pack guy. He's not going to lose the game for you. He's not going to make mistakes. 
but he's not going to win the game for you either. He's not going to be the guy. He's going to keep it together, and that's why Buffalo should have never let that guy go. He was the only thing keeping it together there. But, you know, Cleveland has some talent there. I like what they got in Carlos Hyde. I like what they're putting together in the receivers. Apparently, Josh Gordon wasn't supposed to start the game last week, but he inadvertently started through a miscommunication. Then he went on to play like 78% of the offensive snaps. Stop. The guy's a freak athlete. You know it. He's a wide receiver, too, for me this week. Now, going back to the quarterback on the other side of the ball, Drew Brees, that's a number one quarterback this week. Him and Ben Roethlisberger are one and one A this week. Either way you want to go, I like Drew Brees a lot in this game. So if you have him in daily, it's a good place to play him this week because I'm not sold on that Cleveland secondary. I don't think Roethlisberger exposed it as bad as he could have. You know, and then you're looking at the other side of the ball, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is the guy. He did it all, and he'll continue to do it all. Todd Gurley-like situation for him. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to run the ball. He's going to be the guy. That's what they have now. That's what they're going to do till Ingram gets back. The rest of the experiment hasn't worked. Boston Scott's on the practice squad. Mike Gillespie couldn't really do much. It's Alvin Kamara. Let's call it what it is. He's the number one running back this week. And on the receiver part, Michael Thomas, if Drew Brees is going to have all that success, He's going to be throwing the ball to somebody, and it's Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is the guy that you want. Of course, he's probably your wide receiver one. But you know what? I'd like to look a little deeper than that. I'm wondering if a Ted Ginn, who showed up last week a little bit, can step it up. I want to see something from Trayquan Smith. I haven't seen it. I want to see something from Cameron Meredith. We might see that in this game because Drew Brees is that good. Tight end-wise, I wish there was something better to report. But there's nothing to report. Njoku, maybe for Cleveland, bottom end, tight end one. I have yet to see the guy step up for New Orleans. Is it going to be a Ben Watson? Is that going to happen? Josh Hill? Are we going to see a sighting? I don't know. Maybe we'll see it in this game. Maybe let's put Ben Watson in as a tight end two this week. I think the man's going to show up because I think Cleveland's that week. I think it's going to be all New Orleans in this game. And I think if you're going to bet on this game, just go ahead and take the over too, because I think the Saints are going to pile on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think. See, I think differently. I think this is this game is going to be in the 30s potentially for both teams because because the the defense of the New Orleans Saints made Ryan Fitzpatrick look like he was 20 year old, 20 years old, spry, happy to be in the NFL, making it happen again. It was an embarrassment to the defense. 88 points were scored between the two teams. Just totally gross for the New Orleans Saints and what they allowed in a 48-40 to loss to the Buccaneers at home. So I think this Cleveland game is going to be fun, and they're at home again. New Orleans is at home in this one. So injury report, just to take a quick look at everything to let you all know, as far as the New Orleans Saints go, they have on their injury report really not too much of anything. Ted Ginn didn't practice with a knee injury recently here. Shane Vereen is not going to affect you here. He has an undisclosed injury. And then for the Cleveland Browns and Tyrod, is it Tyrod now? Tyrod, Tyrod, Tyrod. It's Tyrod, right? It's Tyrod, Tyrod. Who knows? 
Todd Rod. All I know is that it's Baker Mayfield pretty damn soon. So that's what it feels. That's what it feels like to me. That's what my notion is. If it was Baker up against Drew Brees, I think we'd be having a little bit of a party here because it would be a passer against a passer showing what they got, doing some cool things with it. I would love to see that. Maybe we'll see that. Well, depending on how this game starts out, but ultimately with Cleveland, you know, I like what Cleveland's doing, and I don't like New Orleans defense. So that makes me think Carlos Hyde's not a bad play for you. Jarvis Landry and jo- Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon, they're not bad plays for you. And a low end tight end too is David and Joku. On the other side of it for the New Orleans Saints, the Saints are one of those teams where it's easy for me to say, play the house. It's what I used to say about Atlanta. I can't say it anymore. But Drew Brees, play the house. Alvin Kamara, play the house. Michael Thomas, play the house. Put them out there. Let them play. Let them have some fun and see what they can do. And watch this guy on your free agents. Watch this guy on your waiver wire, Traquan Smith. And Cameron Meredith, mother of the good Lord, the man is number six on the depth chart right now. I don't know what the hell he's doing. I took a chance on him in a couple leagues. I hope he steps his game up. This would be the game to show himself. This would be the game to show what Traquan and Cam can do because I think they'll get some opportunities against the Browns secondary. I agree with you on that. But I like Breeze. I like Kamara. I like Thomas so far in this one. And, you know, if you're going to go to a tight end, Ben Watson, not a bad guy to go to. He is a high-end two, and Joku is a low-end two on the other side of it for me. But I do think this could be 33-30 to because New Orleans has no defense, and Cleveland, they can score this time around. Miami at the Jets, 1-0 are both of these teams, and it's Miami and the Jets. So I'm excited to see what these teams can do, and Sam Darnold is at home, and fans are going to love them some Sam Darnold this time around because of what he did in the first game. What do you think about this? Well, just like the Jets and the Patriots, this is always a good game. This is always a game that, you know, means a lot. This is a game that, well, I'm interested to see how well the Dolphins do because I think it was a fluke that they won last week. I don't think they're as good as we think they are. So caution be had if you're a Dolphins fan. But I think these teams are kind of equal, whereas I'm not sure the Jets are as good as they appear to be either. You know, it's pretty easy if you know what's coming on the other side of the ball. So, I, you know, they just had to show their athleticism at that point. So, you know, I'm having a hard time with Ryan Tannehill. I, I don't think he's up there at all. He's a, he's a bottom-end quarterback. You know, and, and on the other side of the ball, I'm not going to give Sam Darnold all this super praise. Yeah, I know he's Joe Cool, but he's still a rookie. He's a bottom-end quarterback, too. And Tannehill's less than that on my ranking this week. He's near the bottom. You know, and if you're looking at running back, Jeez, you know, I, I'd i like to say that I had a slew of running backs in this game, but I don't. I'm waiting on Kenyon Drake to appear. I'm waiting for something to happen from an Isaiah Crowell who had a breakaway run, ran for 162 yards, 62 of them on one breakout play. But I think the defense really set him up. And, I again, would settle down here. Isaiah Crowell is still a running back three for me this week so again looked like world beater last week just take a step back breathe for a second all right is not as good as you think he is not right now anyway robbie anderson number 28 receiver for me this week jermaine curse might make an appearance i'd like to see that 
you know what? I'd like to say that there's something on the tight end front for the Jets, but there's not. Jordan Leggett, Eric Tomlinson, somebody show me something here. I haven't seen anything. But Devontae Parker, you know, I think he's still dinged up, so I think we're going to see more of Kenny Stills again. And Kenny Stills had one big, real good play, but that was about it. I, I'd still like to have a little faith in him as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three in that area. And Mike Kosecki hasn't shown up. I, I haven't seen a Gavin Escobar. There's not much to report on the tight end front. I'm interested to see if they're going to continue to roll out old man Gore and how that's going to work on Miami's side. Again, I think you throw out the records, you throw out the players, you throw out the hype, you throw out everything in this game. It's going to be a battle that's won in the trenches like it always is. New York and Miami, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a close game, but I'm going to take the Jets in this one, edging them out. Yeah, I got the Jets in this one as well. I don't think that it's going to be a really pretty game. I'm going to side with you on that. I don't I don't think it's going to be very pretty. I don't think it's going to be a game that many people are going to be happy about watching. Maybe if you're a Jets, I shouldn't say you're not going to be happy about watching, but fantasy-wise, I'm not looking for anybody to kill it. And the Miami Dolphins, they just they don't sell me on a lot of different things, and their offense hasn't sold me in a while. It's been a couple seasons since they've sold me on really anything. They played a horrible Tennessee team and they got a victory. Congrats. So limited practice on Wednesday, finger injury for Devonte Parker. Not a big fan of Devonte Parker in and of itself to put him out there. And the New York Jets on the other side of it, any injuries, uh, really nobody that you're going to have to worry about. Elijah McGuire, you know, is on injured reserve. So at the running back position, that's pretty much it. As far as what I think in this one, we'll start with Miami, the road team. And the Miami Dolphins, in this game, I don't feel good about anybody but Kenny Stills, to be completely honest with you. You know, A.J. Derby and Mike Gusecki, Jerry's still out. The reason why I didn't take Mike Gusecki is that his quarterback is Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill gets hurt. So, I'm not sold on any of that. They got a bunch of guys in the backfield. Brandon Bolden's supposed to be good from New England. Frank Gore's supposed to be timeless. Kenyon Drake did some good things last year, but we're still waiting on all this. Kenyon Drake, to me, is a low-end running back three. Really, Kenny Stills is the only guy I feel good about. I, I can't stretch it any more than that. For the Jets... I don't think that this is going to be a phenomenal game for Sam Darnold. This might be a one touchdown, one interception. I think this will be a lower scoring game. I think the Jets will get a win, but this is one of those games that's not going to look all too pretty. Isaiah Crowell, he's a low-end running back too for me. I like Robbie Anderson in the game because Robbie Anderson was bailing people out last season, and he was bailing people out this season as well. And Quincy Inunua, if you got to go deep and you need somebody, maybe someone got hurt, not a bad wide receiver three, this week as well. Kansas City at Pittsburgh. Big time game with a lot of big time players. And there's some fun guys on both of these teams. What do you have for this? Yeah, I think there should be some scoring on both sides. This should be the highest scoring game of the week. You know, before I get into this game, I just got to congratulate the Steelers. You're just as good as the Browns. Congratulations. You're tied <laughs> with them. Um, <laughs> The Chiefs have some dynamic players. They have some weapons. And this Patrick Mahomes is where it starts. And, you know, consider a second-year player, first year really playing full-time, one game really under his belt. He's going to continue to excel because he's got a cannon for an arm. He's got athleticism. And apparently he can read defenses. And apparently he can know where these speedsters are going to be. But you know what? He has the benefit of having Kareem Hunt as well. 
Now, Mahomes is number six quarterback this week. Kareem Hunt's the number nine running back on my rankings. And you know what? Tyreek Hill is number six. So you got three guys right there. Boom, 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 boom. And then I got to grade out Tra- Travis Kelsey as a top tight end as well. Right behind Gronk, even though he didn't show up last week, I think you're going to have a, a good week this week against Pittsburgh, who just looks soft to me on defense this week. They got to get their act together in Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell or not, you got to move on. And James Conner was able to get that done. James Conner, number four running back on my rankings this week. And, you know, he's a different style. It's a different play. It doesn't do as much for you. I don't think he catches the ball or runs with more of a patient style like Le'Veon Bell does. He's just a different dude and different guys. You have to you have to set up different ways. And, you know, they're going to make it work. It's going to work. It has to work. If not, they're going to have a long year in Pittsburgh. You know, Antonio Brown, number one receiver in the game. He's the number one receiver this week as well. And you know what? Tyreek Hill, I mentioned him at six. I mentioned Travis Kelsey. Well, you know what? Vance McDonald or Jesse James, somebody needs to step up. I know Vance is dinged up, and I know Jesse James stepped up a little bit last week, but it's not enough. In this score fest, you will see a tight end step up from both teams because there's going to be plenty of points to be had. I'm not excited about playing either one of these defense because I think it's going to be offense on both sides of the ball. But I will take Pittsburgh to win this one at home. Yeah, you know, this game is going to be good. I think this game is going to be a lot of fun. I think that the scoring is going to be exciting on both sides of this because there's talent on both sides that are going to open this game up. I, I, you know, keep being underwhelmed by James Conner is what I tell people. Be underwhelmed by him. Don't appreciate him. Don't think he's that great, and that's fine. This is a man who went through a knee injury and cancer, went through injury that would have kept him off the field, plus cancer around the same time. Told his coach, I will beat cancer and I will be back. And then he beat cancer and then he came back. This man is a war horse. I love everything about him. And the fact of the matter is Le'Veon Bell is not there. You can't talk about things that don't exist. And right now he doesn't exist in the NFL. And some Pittsburgh fans have already told me, good riddance. Yeah, he's good, but he's not there. And when you're not there, then what's it, what's, what's it really mean in the grand scheme of things? Well, it means you tie with Cleveland is what it means. Ben Roethlisberger had an, has an elbow injury. Didn't practice. I would still expect him to be out there. And then Eli Rogers tore his ACL. People know that. He is not out there as well. And then outside of that, any injuries to note of the Steelers, there's really nothing else on there on the docket. For Kansas City, really quick here, injury-wise, nothing. You should be good to go with Kansas City. Everybody looks good on from what I'm seeing here. On the upcoming game, Kansas City at Pittsburgh. And Kansas City, I'm going to start there. Tyreek Hill, this man is extremely fast. I want this guy to cook my dinner and have it ready on my table. He could come to the house at 6 p.m. and dinner will be ready at 6.04 with the fork shaking because he dropped it at the last possible second. This is how he does his job. This is what he does. He's great. Coming from West Alabama, I love I love the NFL because it proves that they go after talent. They do their research. They don't just get guys from the big-name schools. West Alabama's where Tyreek Hill came from and probably could be, and very well, the fastest guy inside of the entire NFL. I like Tyreek Hill in the game. I like Kareem Hunt in the game. And Pat Mahomes, he's a quarterback, too, for me in this game on the lower end because he's playing the Steelers. But... I do like the usual suspects of Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Kareem Hunt. 
Sammy Watkins to take a quick look at his debut as a Kansas City Chief and his numbers. He ended the game with three catches on 21 yards. Underwhelming. Tyreek Hill was the number one guy. Anthony Sherman caught a touchdown, and then Sammy Watkins was after that. I like Kareem Hunt. I like Tyreek Hill. I like Travis Kelsey. Still waiting on Sammy Watkins and not really thinking that this is a Pat Mahomes game to play him in fantasy. And then outside of that, on the other side of things for the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously Big Ben in this game is good to have. I think that he'll do some good things in the game. James Conner, I like James Conner in the game. And Antonio Brown is another good play. And Juju Smith-Schuster is a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three for me in a game like this. I think he can be involved, but I think there's going to be a lot of Antonio Brown. And all signs point to them feeding James Conner. And I'm just going to name a name. I'm going to name a name because in a game like this where there could be a lot of offense, and Mike and I think there will be, I'm just going to say Jalen Samuels played H-back, tight end, running back, call it all. He was like every skill player out there. The fact is he can run, he can move. He reminds me of a guy who's got a slash, you know, just the slash guy. He could do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. His position is athlete in the NFL, and I just suggest that you maybe watch him in this game if they let him loose for a little bit. Just kind of watch him and see what he can do if he gets an opportunity, but I think James Conner is going to have another good game. Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's going to be all Philly. You know, I know it's in Tampa, but, you know, Tampa's got some guys dinged up. Vernon Hargraves goes on the IR. Uh, Pierre Paul's walking around with the, with an injury, barely walking. This is a guy they brought in to shore up that pressure on the quarterback because in the NFL, you got to protect your quarterback and you got to put pressure on the other quarterback. That's the way you win games. I, I think Philly's got the better defense. They got the better defensive front. And I don't think we're going to see the explosion of offense that we saw in New Orleans from the Bucks and from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Both teams commit one and one. But again, let's temper our expectations. You're not going to have a big game from Foles. You're not going to have that big game like we had from Fitzpatrick. Those guys are both downgraded quarterback twos on my rankings. Tampa struggling to run the ball. Peyton Barber, he's a, he's a high-end running back three for me. The Eagles, I need to know who the guy is. I need to know, is it a Jai? You're trying to make it a Jai, but it's not always him. And now he's number 15 on my rankings this week. They say he's the guy, so I'm going to give him the benefit here going into Tampa. Wide receiver-wise, again, who's who's the guy? It looks like it might be Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar appeared to have a pretty big week. Alshon Jeffrey probably still out. Mike Wallace is probably going to show up. Is Zach Ertz going to show up? And Dallas Goddard, you give him my one look, and, and, and that was it. This guy's a playmaker. He should be the red zone target along with Ertz. Those should be the two guys you're looking for in the red zone. And I'm sure as this offense matures and as soon as they open up the playbook even more, I'm sure that's that's exactly what we're going to see. Now, for the Bucks, you got to go with a Mike Evans because I think they're going to be behind and I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Even though I don't look for a big game from Fitzpatrick, I do from Evans because when they're throwing the ball, that's who they're throwing the ball to. I know Deshaun Jackson had a big play last week, but he also went in the concussion protocol, so you want to look out there. But Mike Evans is the man. Mike Evans is the guy you want to play. He's a he's a bottom-end wide receiver one. And, you know, looking at the tight end situation, you got to go with a Zach Ertz. Until they get something different, until something different happens with a two-tight end system, you got to stay with the hot hand, and that's Zach Ertz. 
Just hope he can stay injury-free. He's the number three tight end this week. And again, I look for Philly to smoke Tampa in this game. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, Tampa, there's something there's something to say about how that man can play. There's something to say about how Ryan Fitzpatrick can can somehow, some way get things done, but he's playing up against the Philadelphia defense. So I think that, you know, this is going to be a good game. It's obviously going to be a, a game for Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tampa to show what they got. They're at home, but I think Philadelphia will win this one too. Quick look at the injuries for this, and we got about 20 minutes left here in the show, so we're going to run you a little bit quicker here, so just make sure your pen and pad are ready. Alshon Jeffrey, Darren Sproles, all on the the watch list, and uh, Carson Wentz is doubtful for this upcoming game for Philadelphia and then for Tampa Bay. I'll take a look at it really quick here. Deshaun Jackson's concussion did not practice recently here on Wednesday, so that's something to look to as well. As far as Philadelphia goes, I like Jay Ajayi. You know, I do. I think that you know he did enough. He looked really good. He, you know, his burst through the hole, the way that he was in the game, his energy, his tenacity. He looks hungrier than ever. So I like Jay Ajayi in this game. And then as far as uh, Nelson Aguilar, I think that he's worth the play in this. Alshon Jeffrey, if he's healthy. But for me, it's Ertz, Aguilar, and Ajayi in this matchup. Nick Foles, high-end quarterback two, mid-range quarterback two, in my opinion, for this game. Tampa Bay, really quick here on this one. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to have a crazy awesome day in this, so I'm not going to put him out there. I'm not sold on any of the running backs. I think it's Mike Evans and low-end Chris Godwin for me with this and with essentially 18 minutes left here in the broadcast as we are giving you an extra hour of the show we'll go a little bit quicker with the rest of the docket so quick here mike indianapolis at washington yeah i think you're gonna get what you expect in this game andrew luck mid-range quarterback 15 on my rankings this week but you know i think alex smith is the other end here i think he's the number five quarterback on my rankings this week adrian peterson the old man seems to be getting it done if there's any one guy that could do it, it's him. He's a top-end running back, too, this week. Indianapolis still looking for that running back identity. Marlon Mack probably still dinged up. So they're still probably looking at a Jordan Wilkins, who's a running back three this week. Tyreek Hill tipping the scales. He's a, he's a bottom-end wide receiver one this week. Maybe a wide receiver two, T.Y. Hilton against Washington. Washington's still searching for that guy to throw the ball to in a wide receiver department. It might be Jameson Crowder, number three tight end, wide receiver three in my book this week. And Jordan Reed, the guy's still healthy. It's still early in the season. If you're going to play Jordan Reed, this is when you play him. He's the number four tight end on my rankings. Indianapolis looks like you know Jack Doyle's going to be the guy. Supposedly Ebron's got the starting nod over him. And there might be a split situation, but Jack Doyle looked pretty good last week. I like, oh, by the way, I you know, I got to like Washington in this game. I think they did enough to win last week, and I think they're going to do enough to win this week. I'm not sure Luck's all the way back. No, and, and I agree with you. I don't think Luck's all the way back, and I haven't been sold on him for a while. So I will go with the Skins as well in this game. I think the Skins can beat a team that lost to the Cincinnati Bengals at home. So I'm going to go on that side of things. Really quick here for the Colts, as far as who I would say, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, I like him in this, and I would look to Jack Doyle as a high-end tight end too. And then Jordan Wilkins, he's another guy that I look at in this matchup. 
potentially, but I think that he is a running back three in the matchup. As far as Washington goes for this, what I like out there, like you said, Jordan Reed, now's the time to play him. I would agree with that. Uh, Jamison Crowder as a flex guy, Josh Doxson as a mid-range wide receiver too, and then Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson. I would play them against the Colts because the defense of the Colts is really not that good in recent history. Arizona at the Rams. What do you have for this? Yeah, I think this game's going to be all Rams big time. I think they're going to blow them out. They're favored by 13 in this game. Josh Allen's uh, – sorry, Josh Allen. <laughs> what am I saying here? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the two guys. I'm getting the two guys. It's all right. You got them on the brain. Josh Rosen, Josh Allen. It's all good. Josh Rosen is probably going to make his start. Don't start him. Don't. He shouldn't even be on your team yet until he does something, unless you got a large bench and can afford to put him on there. But, you know, I think on the opposite side of the ball there, I think it speaks large, largely for Jared Goff. I think he's going to have an outstanding game. I think this is going to be a game where they can show out a little bit. And why not show out when you got a Todd Gurley number two running back this week? On the other side of the ball, we're still kind of waiting on David Johnson to explode, to do something. I'm going to give him the benefit again. Number seven running back this week. And on the other side of the ball there, on the, on the wide receiver front, you know, I got to like Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup. Those are both wide receiver twos this week. I like what Cooper Cup brings to the game. He brings an element that you don't think he's going to be that guy. Then, boom, all of a sudden he was that guy and you just missed it. And Arizona, Larry Fitzgerald, he's still a guy worth playing. You know, but I got him downgraded bottom end wide receiver two this week with the quarterback woes. And I really don't see any tight end play on any side. Maybe Ricky Seals-Jones for Arizona with that rookie quarterback. Maybe he's a tight end two for you this week. And again, I think that the Rams are going to kill him in this one. Yeah, I got the Rams in this matchup. I'm going to make it really easy. David Johnson's the guy that I would play on Arizona's side, nobody else. For the Rams, I like Jared Goff. I like Todd Gurley. I like uh, Robert Woods. Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks because they were all able to get some yardage. We're going to take our final step aside for a fast break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is pen and trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. 
It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be with you every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Fantasy Football Power Hours, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com, and myself, Dan Tortora of WakeUpCallDT.com are here for you. we got five more games to get through in our last few minutes on the show. Mike, you are on the clock. Detroit at San Francisco. Yeah, I'd like to give Jimmy Garoppolo more time, but, uh, you know, I, I might have to play him. I drafted him at a, at a couple good spots. He's a number seven quarterback this week against the poorest Detroit defense. Even if the other team knows the, knows the calls are not on offense, they're still playing defense against you. So Matt Stafford looked pitiful. He's downgraded to a number 17 quarterback this week. A lot of people depending on him as a QB1. You can't depend on him, not this week, as a QB1. Alfred Morris and Matt Bright are going to continue to split the carries with the Rock. I look for Alfred Morris to lean getting the start, but I look for more opportunity, more touches, more targets to a Matt Breda who they're going to give those long handoffs to and no short passes. Carry on Johnson's your best bet at running back for Detroit, but I got him at number 38, so you're not going to get a lot of production out of anybody running back-wise. All these guys are running back threes at best. Marvin Jones might be the opportunity for you as a wide receiver, too. Same thing with Marquise Goodwin, who disappeared last week, but, you know, I got to see something before I play him, so I'm not going to get excited. And Detroit, Detroit, what are you doing? Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, I need to see these guys perform. These guys are going to be wide receiver two, wide receiver threes for me until I see something. And you know what? Detroit, your tight end, who is it? Luke Wilson, Michael Roberts, or is it the rapper? Levine Toilolo. Toilolo. Yo, 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 Toilolo. Yeah, I don't I don't know what we got going on here. San Fran, Kittle. I like Kittle. He's a tight end too for you this week. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I gotta make my pick. I'm gonna take San Fran. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on this. I'm gonna take San Francisco as well. I'll make it really quick and easy for everybody. Carry on Johnson is a running back three. Marvin Jones Jr. is your best bet out there. Kenny Galladay, he's a flex type of guy for me on Detroit. On the other side of it, I like Jimmy G in this one because he's playing Detroit and allegedly everybody knows their playbook. Matt Breda and Alfred Morris are going to be split in time. I lean a little bit more on Breda, but the two of them, it's hard for me to tell you which one to go after. I think in this game, if you're gonna, if you're just gonna roll the dice and put them out there, either one of those guys is a flex guy. Breda as your running back too. Morris as more of your flex guy. I don't mind him being out there. Marquise Goodwin and Dante Pettis. I think they might do some good things. So if you got them on your team and you got some depth at wide receiver, throw them out there, and the and and that's where I would go for that game. The next one, and I'm picking San Fran, like I said, Oakland at Denver what do you have for this yeah I think the 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 money is best spent on the running backs I like Royce Freeman but not a lot 
both quarterbacks are dismal. I, I don't like either quarterback. Hope we have better options there. But I think that if they're going to be running the ball, Royce Freeman is the guy. But Philip Lindsay showed up out of nowhere. Devontae Booker has fallen off the planet there, so I don't know what they got going on. And the Raiders, Marshawn Lynch may be a running back too, but you know I'm not sure there. They're not getting the – they're just not getting it done. They're not getting the ball around. I don't like quarterback play in this game. The only running back I can speak I can speak for is on the Broncos. And wide receiver-wise, man, this game's a wreck. Amari Cooper needs to catch the ball. Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, somebody show up. Somebody do something. I don't like either tight end in this game. This is not a big fantasy point game. This will be an ugly game to watch, but I think the Broncos are going to win. Yeah, I got the uh, Broncos in this one as well. They defeated Seattle, and I think that the Raiders are uh, are not as good of a team as Seattle. So Marshawn Lynch, I would look at him to be out there. Amari uh, Cooper consistently underwhelms me. I just feel like he can't get open. So I like Jared Cook in this game as a tight end for you or Marshawn Lynch. On Denver's side of things, Royce Freeman, I'd look to him because he's playing up against the Raiders. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, neither one of them is a number one for me this week, but both are lo- are worth going out there and playing, and I'm going to go with the Broncos as well. Under five minutes to go in the broadcast, we are going now to the next game, which is New England at Jacksonville. Been talking about it all week. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, i like the Jags to win this game if Fournette plays. If you need to watch the waiver wire here, you need to watch the injury report. If T.J. Yeldon's not snapped up already, you might want to snap him up. I got him as the number 36 running back this week. Just trying to figure out what's going to happen with Fournette. If Fournette plays, he's going to be the number 21 running back. Neither quarterback is going to win the game for you, but I do have Tom Brady as a low-end quarterback one. Blake Bortles as a mid-range quarterback two. Receiver-wise, these are a bunch of no-name guys on either side. I think Chris Hogan's your best bet for for uh, New England, but I think Rob Gronkowski, of course, number one tight end. And on Jacksonville's side, again, they got the yeomen. They got the guys that are just out there working. Hopefully we'll see some Austin Safarian Jenkins and those large hands in the red zone. I like Jacksonville in a skinny one here. I think it's going to be a close game. This game means a lot more to Jacksonville than it does New England at this point in the year. Yeah, I got Jacksonville 28-24 to in this game. Tom Brady, obviously worth the play in the matchup. James White, I believe, is too because he's pesky and they get it done. Chris Hogan and Rob Gronkowski on the side of the Patriots. For the Jaguars, their defense and special teams. Leonard Fournette, if he goes, either way, TJ Yeldon, somebody to look at. Corey Grant is a waiver wire free agent piece that you might want to make note of. And Keelan Cole, if you're going to go after anybody in this. And watch DJ Chark in this one. I'm not saying play him, I'm saying watch him because they didn't utilize him last week and that might be for a reason just just saying just saying and Austin Safarian Jenkins a mid-range tight end two for me this week I'm picking the Jaguars New York at Dallas the Giants at the Cowboys yeah you know what dismal quarterback play on both parts hope we don't have to play quarterbacks we saved all the all the bad games for last I guess you know Saquon Barkley's where your money's spent in this game number six running back this week the Cowboys just look bad. Zeke is the other value. He's the number three running back this week. I think both teams are going to run the ball. I think, ironically, it's going to be a low-scoring game because neither team really has receivers. Well, what am I saying? Yes, one team has a receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. He'll be the best receiver on the field. Dallas doesn't have any. Dallas wishes they had a guy like that. And then in the tight end department, Evan Ingram, I think he's going to show up this week. 
Dallas doesn't have that tight end right now, though, so I think it's going to be a good game. I think Dallas is going to squeak this one out because they have a slightly better running back at this point in the game. All right, we're under our two. We're in our two-minute warning right now. I'm going to make this quick and easy for you on the Giants' side, fantasy-wise. Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram on Dallas's side. Ezekiel Elliott. I'm going with the Giants on the road. Seattle at, Ch- at Chicago Monday Night Football final game. What do you got? Yeah, you know both teams on one one. Both teams searching for an identity here. And Russell Wilson, he's the he's where your value is. Quarterback one, low end quarterback one. The Bears, Mitch Trubisky, I'm still waiting for him to show up a little more. Running back-wise, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to say Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, but they've been splitting things with Tariq Cohen, so consider Jordan Howard to be a low-end running back one. Receiver-wise, I still haven't seen that part. I still haven't seen much of Allen Robinson. He did have a great catch. I did see some opportunity with Trey Burton as well. Both We're at that 30-second mark. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Those guys are wide receiver two and tight end two. And looking at the Bears side, I mean, looking at the Seahawks side, still waiting for that tight end to show up. I don't think it's Disley. And watch out, they got some injuries in Seattle at Doug Baldwin. Look for Tyler Lockett to be your guy, but he's no better than a wide receiver three. Very quick here, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson for me. I like the re- I like Ball- Doug Baldwin, but not too high on him. Tyler Lockett's a guy there on the other side. Jordan Howard. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning.